0: the survival guide to life a podcast about how to win in life every second physically mentally spiritually financially consistently hey everyone how's it going we got another episode of survival guide to life and this week we have a very special guest for you her name is Katrina Julia and If I were to start dabbling in in her highlights or achievements, uh, the week's episode would be done. So uh, I'll just just briefly highlight a few things. She's a CEO, philanthropist, a speaker, author, athlete, MBA, CPA, CFI, CIA, and Of fitness and sports nutritionist. NPC competitor, data analysis, fraud guru, business strategist. So Katri. That is uh just in its own like a a wide brave of different things. What sort of gave you like the shift or the the Courage to just keep going into different things, because you know a lot of people they when they stick to one thing they get comfortable and they feel safe and they don't want to move into anything else.
1: Absolutely, that's such a great question, Amara. So first, thank you for that introduction. What I always tell people, like I simplified my own introduction years ago. I'm like I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur, athlete creator and CEO. Like if you want to go dig in the details, go dig in the details. So, but thank you for highlighting all those things and super grateful to be here and think you're doing a lot of amazing things on your show and with your guests. Um, I definitely got a lot of value from the episode I tuned in on how your setup or setback is the setup for a comeback. And Love that you talked about T.D. Jakes. Love that you talked about Grant Cardone and Tony Robbins because I think it's so key to learn you know, from different people. And obviously you're an avid proponent of that. So thank you. And to your point of shifts and what inspired me. So I am a big believer that I am and we all are limitless, resilient, and priceless when we choose to be. And as you said, a lot of times people go into one thing and, you know, the world will tell you, oh, focus on one thing. And as I was walking through my transformation the last seven years, and three key things really, really shifted me. Number one was my faith. Number two was losing over 55 pounds and five years ago and keeping it off with the help of Herbalife Nutrition, healthy habits, competing, and getting clear in my mind. And then the third thing was one of my best, best friends, Janelle, got diagnosed with cancer in 2013. And within four months of her diagnosis, she had passed away. And she was like a best friend, a sister. Now I say, you know, she's like an angel. And one of the things she always said to me in college was, Katrina, you're going to be like my Oprah. And for those of you listening, I am Caucasian. I'm European. I am not Oprah. I'm not black. (laughs) And it would always make me laugh because Janelle, you know, was black. And I'm like, Janelle, I think you should be Oprah. And then I should be like your white sidekick. And she's like, no, no, no. So when she got sick and when she passed away, Amar, I really, started, I really started to ask myself really tough questions. Like, am I really living out my passion and purpose? Am I really playing full out? And that circled me back into exactly what you talked about, that even though I had you know, dabbled in these different industries and learned, I realized that I had allowed myself to settle i had allowed myself to play partially out of fear out of insecurity out of doubt out of what will they you know the proverbial they think and i started realizing more and more is like you know what you get i get one life i'm done caring what other people think i've got my vision my passion and purpose and potential on this planet And I will fight for that freedom, and I will fight to help others see a path to create a life and business they love with passion, with purpose, and with freedom in all forms.
0: So that's really amazing because usually it just drives someone in a darker hole, so to say, like in fourth grade my best friend he had this freak accident where he was really hyper and then his parents left him home alone and he was trying to do flips with his karate belt on the bunk bed and he strangled himself and after that you know we were instead of continuing to do karate I was like oh I'm gonna stop here Later on, I was like, I should have continued to honor him. So just like things like that. So I want to say that's really amazing. And from the shift and from that, that, what did you transition into right away?
1: Let me ask you this real quick. You said that he was doing flips and he got hurt or he passed away or what happened? he,
0: He strangled himself and like he, yeah.
1: Oh my God, that's so traumatic. I'm so sorry. How old are you? Uh,
0: About 10 or 11.
1: Wow, that's like, I'm so sorry you had to go through something like that. It's, you know, trauma and fear. Like don't ever, what I've learned one thing, Amara, is don't judge yourself for the past. You know, it's, it's, it's good and it's great that that came to mind for you to reflect on that, but you're a totally different person now then you were at 10 years old and that was the way for you to handle that trauma and what happened like i'll compare that in a sense like to for example when i walked through an abusive relationship in my early 20s -hmm. for years after i was so closed off to love like so closed off like i didn't even realize it that i went from like one extreme to the other you know what i mean yeah and when we know better we do better and oftentimes like whatever our response is to trauma like that's our way of handling it or processing it and then we can always choose differently like now i always say i'm turning pain into purpose for people on the planet or that you know what is this teaching me or how is this growing etc but i'm so sorry you went through that uh so i just wanted to acknowledge that and so what was, your, what was your next question after that, that you mentioned?
0: So what were you leaving from and what did you transition to?
1: So my journey has been absolutely nuts in every single way. And I'm literally, I would say the poster child of keep going. So I'll stop at, or I'll kind of take you through So, you know, I went to school, I, I got my undergraduate, my graduate degree, and just to keep it super simple, I walked through seven plus industries, everything from retail to consulting, to oil and gas, to fashion, everything. Like I'm a big believer of try things because if you don't try, you don't know what you don't like, and you always, always, always always learn something. Like every single experience I've had, every single thing I've walked through, you know, between all that serving on the apprentice TV show back in 2004, like everything has taught me something and everything's contributed to who I am. And I use it all the time in some way, shape or form. Then at that pivotal point in 2013, when those three things happened, where I got closer to our creator, you know, the weight loss between 2013 and 2014 and Janelle passing away. Then between 2013 and 14, I started sharing my before and after on social media, on Facebook alone and my business. And at that time I had my consulting company and I had had started my side hustle with wellness, with Herbalife. And in that first year, my business blew up over 25 times just from sharing my story on social media. And I was like, wow, like two things. Wow, if I'm doing this, imagine if I create a community of transformers across all platforms and people that are passionate about transformation and health and money and business, which leads me to point number two, that I realized fundamentally nothing is ever wasted that I had all this experience in, in money, in business, as a CPA, as an MBA, in strategy, all these things. And so I said, you know what? There doesn't, there's, it doesn't exist to where there's an all-in-one platform with health, with money, and with business. And I realized that was my opportunity to create it. And then I had a great foundation for my past to do that and that present. And even though that vision was been born in 2015, Amar, it requires discipline, dedication, growth, learning. Like even though I had that vision in 2015, and obviously I had a lot of great things going for me and also, but I also had a lot of things that I needed to change, that I needed to transform, that I needed to grow the character. Like you talked about that in that episode that I was listening to about the, the setback know the, the the set the setback or the setup the setback being the setup for the comeback and and i'm constantly learning like i'm nothing how like how i am today is nothing of like how i was in 2015 and if you were to talk to me you know three months from now or i was to talk to you vice versa i'm sure it's the same thing but my point is is it's constantly evolving like i had this concept and this vision of an all-in-one lifestyle brand in 2015. But I was reflecting on it a lot this year of, oh my God, like I had an idea of what it would look like or I had a concept, but oh my God, like now I see like the fruit of all this work, you know, across social, across the blog, across the show, across the community. And, And then it's almost like, I feel like, you know, like when a plane takes off, they always talk about, that you experience the most resistance before takeoff. Like, it's like, I feel that resistance like on so many levels. And I know so many people do right now, obviously for a lot of things and growth, but then I also see all this work that's happened because of that crazy vision. And then I also feel like, you know, it's like, you know how they say marketing is like a funnel. And like, when you start with clarity or your vision, you have like all this width, right? Mm -hmm. And in a sense, I also feel like the vision and the passion and purpose is colliding to where the focus is getting super, super basically laser focused.
0: So you just had to like hone in on that and like execute your vision.
1: You just hit on the main word. It's execution, but it's aligned execution because what I realized in my transformation I didn't know seven years ago who Katrina really is and who Katrina really wants to be and who she's created to be. But once I started dialing into that and being true to myself, the execution started becoming easier and easier and it was more joyful. Because before I would make decisions off of the external, off of the status, off of the recognition. Oh, the world says you should go be a CPA because of blah, blah, blah. The world says you should focus on this because of blah, blah, blah. Well, yeah, but if that's your purpose and you're really happy with that, whatever that is for you, that's great. But if you're like me and you're on fire because you want to be limitless and you want to, like, like me, I want to create limitlessly in wellness, in business and in travel. And it's figuring out, part of that was figuring out how to set that up in a platform, how to scale it, how to automate it, and then how to focus and set goals that actually cross like my super focused goal for the month and for the rest of the year crosses across all those boundaries. But then it also goes into time blocks and everything goes back into what you're saying, like execution, but it being tied to the goal that impacts, like, it's like one of those things where they say, you know, what's the one goal that you can hit that will make everything else easier. And then again, being aligned in the execution with what you love makes it never, ever, ever feel like work.
0: Yeah, that's true. So, you know, when you said you were trying to scale it and see how it grows, what were the type of experiments you had to run to see if this was a viable enough for you to scale?
1: Well, I already like one, I always run experiments period. Like the experiments never stop. So let me just put that out there. They don't, they don't ever stop. Like if you're not experimenting to me, you're dying and growing. You're, I mean, you're dying, not growing because I always point to Blockbuster or other companies that, oh, they, it was working they they had millions or billions of dollars it was working but they stopped innovating and experimenting so i always like to point that out um i a couple things like for me freedom is big time freedom expression freedom location freedom financial freedom so in 2015 i started looking and you know what they say it's like you know when the student's ready the teachers appear so i started seeing people that were exhibiting freedom in different ways, whether it was in the Herbalife community, whether it was on social media, you know, travel bloggers and online. Like I knew working in corporate, there were times where I worked 60 to 90 hour weeks, but I didn't want to have to do that. Like I'm highly motivated by the four hour work week and, you know, Tim Ferriss and several other things about scaling and leverage. So I found, around that time, I also found Brendan Burchard. I don't know if you've read his books.
0: Oh, hey, hey,
1: Amazing, like I've read High Performance Habits six times. So around that time in 2014, 2015, I found Brendan Burchard and um, I read his Motivation Manifesto, which also highly motivated me and aligned to what I was seeking. I found Shailene Johnson Who's married and a mother and she has an online business and she focuses on wellness online business and travel and I was in both of their programs smart business Academy, uh, Brendan's monthly mastermind for a year and I saw that they were using Kajabi, I don't know if you're familiar with Kajabi.
0: Oh, uh, no, I've briefly heard it, but uh, not too familiar. Kajabi
1: is amazing. So Kajabi is an all-in-one marketing platform. So immediately I saw as a student that, oh my God, this platform is super user friendly. It automates everything. So I already knew from back in my corporate days with learning management systems and software experience, I was like, oh, somebody only has to update this once and then periodically update it and it's automated. Like I could tell. And so immediately, like, while I was in their programs, I started implementing. I started implementing my blog. I started implementing the freebies, you know, setting out a plan, a roadmap, um, you know, the courses. But as you know, even as you execute, like you set up a plan and a vision, but then you execute and of course things change because then you have new information. Like I always say, you like the journaling and the thought process and the planning is just as important as the execution. But you need both because if you're not taking action and actually implementing and executing, you're not gonna find out the information. Like I knew right away when I looked at some other tools that I was like, oh hell no, this is way too complicated. Like I knew, like this is way too complicated for me. This is way too complicated for me to teach. So I steered clear of, you know, a lot of tools or a lot of ways that some people do an online business because I could see how hard it was. Like, I'm like, no, I want it simple. And then to your point, testing, testing on social media, testing on influencer marketing platforms, testing and creating communities, looking to see like what some people did great, but then where is the white space? Meaning where do I stand out that I'm really different? And what is a gap that I feel is missing that obviously I'm being called to play in? You know, just like you Amar, you have certain gifts, talents and abilities And there's things that you're great at and you serve in that I'm not going to play in or I don't think like you do. So, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing about testing. It's like the more you learn and play and test, like I love to learn. So literally before our show, I like speaking of execution, like here's one, you know, example, like literal uh, example of testing. So like from an influencer and social media perspective, like on marketing and, you know, an AB testing, I've researched over 50 platforms in the last four years. I've been in easily over 20 Facebook groups. I've launched hundreds of campaigns, you know, on multiple, you know, platforms, generally working with like 15,000 influencers, but I never let that stop me. Cause it's like, no, 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 what's the next goal? The next goal is conversion. The next goal is like, we've got the reach, we've hit this goal, we've hit this goal. Now it's conversion and it's sales. So I was literally writing down, okay, like, let me AB test doing two posts in, you know, this, in this Facebook community, like that I just discovered, like some opportunities. Um, and like the key is, is like, stay, stay hungry and stay humble. And the other one was, um, because I'm always segmenting stuff in wellness, business online, you know, business, wellness, business, or travel. And Recently, I found three, actually four different new travel communities that I haven't tested before. And so I just outreached to one that the creator and I had connected years ago, and I saw her come up in another community. And I was like, you know what? That's a sign. Like, pay attention to the signs. That's a sign I should connect with her again, because I can see she's grown in the last four years. I've grown let me connect with her and see what's possible on these five to seven different things that I have in my brain and see where she's at, you know, because it's all about freedom. And then I reached out with the same focus and intention with another community of travelers online and um, with actual tra- travel as well. So I'm to, to answer to that, I'm constantly testing.
0: So I think that's the most. Important thing, and that separates the entrepreneurs who are successful from the entrepreneurs that just live a short life. So, with that being said, and you know, just always running experiments and always learning and just seeing how you can grow and scale in all different aspects. how do you make sure that you're giving enough time to your businesses but giving enough time to yourself as well and just balancing the two
1: great great question and this is something i'm super passionate about because years ago when i was 55 pounds heavier and i worked in corporate that misalignment to passion and purpose spilled over into, I would focus so much on business and so much on money because literally like when I look backwards, my, I was finding my identity and my worth in all the external things. And I spent very little time on everything else. And so what happened in about 2010 through 13, I realized where that literally cost me and that will cost you since 2013 till now. And so keep in mind, this is a journey. Several things have divinely come to me to help me structure my life and my day, but also create a lot of freedom. So the first thing is that I want to share is a morning routine. I've developed with time a morning routine. I call the sacred seven, how you set up your morning is everything, everything, Because years ago, I was the crazy girl that would hit snooze five times, check my phone, rush to get ready, drive in traffic to work, and be pissed off within an hour and wonder why. Like, clearly running on an empty tank. And now my Sacred Seven, and again, this changes, this has evolved. I actually, the name actually came to me the beginning of this year because I realized what it had evolved to. It's I Am Statements it's um, listening to positive music, it's uh, reading the Bible, it's prayer, it's um, listening to a positive message, it's movement and it's journaling. And those happen in any kind of order, any kind of way, it depends on like what's happening. Once that's done, how I order my day is what I call the seven steps to success. And it's super simple. It's seven areas of life. And I talk about this in my 90 day plans and it's spiritual, like whatever that means for you, for anyone, mental, emotional, relational, playful, physical, and financial. And here's the thing I realized when I first, this first came to me in 2016, taking a minimum because we take action all day long. Anyway, even when you're not taking action, you're likely self-sabotaging is take a minimum of three aligned action in every area. So I call it my three by seven approach. And what happens is if you have a deficit in an area and you're focusing on an area, it spills over into other areas. So for example, back in 2013 and 14, when I was so focused on losing weight and it was so new to me as far as being so consistent, obviously that spilled over into other areas right now i'm avidly focused on the business and financial so in a day i might take seven or ten really focused leveraged and prioritized actions but you can see how i'm crossing over every area i time block i take quiet time i take time with nature so there's a lot of ways that i do that and then like how i track my business to make sure it's on track is two ways what i call my create seven So, and again, this has evolved over the last several years. Like none of this happened overnight. None of it is now I prioritize community launches and series because that ties into high impact items into like, you know, where my focuses are then media clearing email scaling and new projects. Because as an entrepreneur, I also used to majorly have shiny object syndrome. Oh, let me jump over here. Let me jump over here. Let me jump over here. And guess what? This gets lost in the process and you don't end up generating momentum. Like you have to manage yourself like a CEO. And I use like project management software to literally manage my, manage myself in my life. Like I use MeisterTask. And then beyond Create7, I track, I have a super focused goal like one goal that I'm laser focused on that obviously crosses into different you know, areas and genres. And then in my Create 7, I check myself. It's also a three by seven. What results do I have in community? What results do I have in retainers? What results do I have in um, uh, masterminds and courses as well as in influencers? And as well as in the Herbalife business. And so I'm constantly looking like, okay, what's happening? What evidence is showing up? Where do I need to create more action? And then another big thing that I implemented this year, Amar, that if like, I think this massively helps. We are so focused on what's next, next, next. And most of us did not grow up with parents that taught us to celebrate. I started implementing a process this year that I celebrate every single thing I write it down I email myself my list of celebrates for the day like obviously being on your show is on my list of celebrates today
0: awesome so no with that I I, that's a really strategic and it makes a lot of sense from first your seven ways to start off a morning if you look at any successful CEO or anyone Who writes in self-improvement? Like one of my favorite authors is Brian Tracy. And he always says, you know, you want to get up early, start your morning, work out, meditate, give some time for yourself, have some positive affirmations, and then go about the day. And then you even took it one step further, as in when you're coming back and the way you utilize your time and then make sure you're checking in with yourself because that's one component. I feel like we kind of leave out or don't pay too much attention is how did I go about the day? And then if I could do anything differently, what would it be then uh, to go even more than that? having those celebrations, like you said, like we're so much focused. I haven't seen sometimes in myself, we're always like going through what's next what's next what's next. Like what you said, I call it the entrepreneur ADHD, you know, like always trying to jump from thing from thing. But when you give yourself those celebrations and you stop and pause for a second and then you can truly appreciate everything And you finally feel like, you know, you're not just going from second to second that you can enjoy the moment right now here for what it is.
1: A thousand percent. Like I can tell you, I had a huge aha moment. I think it was either last year or the year before when I was listening to something that Brendan Bouchard was talking about because I also used to um, use his planner as one of my planners, like for a long time. And that's one of the things that he would say, like what went well, what didn't go well. And then I realized when I looked back on my life, I was like, oh my God, that's what I used to suck at. That I would never feel, I would never acknowledge. I wouldn't celebrate like every step. And so I was determined this year to get really, really good at it and to you know share that message. And Rachel Hollis also talks about that as far as like gratitude, and you know, and focusing on the future and your vision of where you're going. But I realize, you know, once again, like for myself and so many people, that daily recognition of okay, I'm moving in the right direction, even if, and especially if I don't see all the results that I want yet.
0: So now with that, I just had the random question come up. So when Katrina was young as a child what was it that she wanted it to be?
1: Oh, wow, everything. She wanted to, so I'll give you one picture. Actually, um, well, it's on my refrigerator, but I'll give you one picture of like the idea of like, actually two of my spirit. One time I was at the zoo with my mom and I literally, without even thinking anything, just ran into the sprinkler and got completely soaked and was laughing like crazy. Like 100% unapologetically me with no limitations. Like if I wanna be an actress one day, great, that's what I'm gonna be. If if I wanna do this, I'm gonna go do that. If I wanna be a business person. And early, early on to your question, Amar, I loved to learn, I love to create. And I love to, you know, create without limits, you know, whether that again, you know, was in entertainment, whether that was in wellness or business or dance. And then second example in dance, I was literally in the middle of a dance performance, like on a stage in front of like a thousand people. I was five years old and I still remember this. And we were literally in the middle of like where we were bending over and our heads were between our legs and looking backwards at the audience. In the middle of the performance, this tells you how I didn't care what anyone thought. I yelled out, hi mommy, hi daddy. <laughs> like, and everyone, and this is a ballet performance, okay? So you know that they're like serious, the music's going, it's classical, all these things, right? I didn't care. I was freely unapologetically like, hey, you know that song in um, This Is Me? Yeah. It was like literally, that's what I feel like when I look back that that's been my mantra. Like, and so when I, for example, yesterday I was looking at some stuff with like JLo. Like, I love her story. I love like what she's come from, like her background, to you know, Saturday Night Live, to being an actress, to singing, to dancing, to just performing on uh, the Super Bowl, to being on Oprah. Like I look at people like her and other people that are similar in different parts of their journey, that, okay, if you can be and do it all, of course I can. Like, why couldn't I? And to me, that goes for every single person. You know, if this resonates for you, there's a reason. And there's a reason that 98% of people are in certain lifestyles or income brackets. There's a reason why there's a top 3%. There's a reason why there's a top 1% and even a 0.0001 of the 1%. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that mindset of abundance, no limits starts way before it shows up and the giving and serving and so many things. And so I remind myself and I have a picture of literally myself from that ballet performance on my refrigerator. Like I, I, I was reminded like six months ago or a year ago to put it on my fridge. So one of the things I ask myself every day, like, even if I didn't really like play or go skydiving or something super, like super adventurous today, did I have fun? Did I laugh? Did I have joy? Did I express myself limitlessly? So, you know, in answer to your question, that's why I started coining like within the last year, you know, Amar, that I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm not limiting myself. And that's how I saw myself as a kid.
0: That's awesome. Thank
1: you. And I was in fashion shows when I was like four or five years old. Like I I helped open. I remember when I was 10 years old, I used to skate professionally. I um, helped open the Beltline in Houston, Texas. Like, so when I say that there's, And I believe like for everyone, there's evidence of who you truly are when you look backwards and does it take a lot of work and a lot of self-reflection. Absolutely.
0: But is it worth it? Absolutely. (laughs) Like
1: even in the middle, to your point, in the middle of this pandemic, you know, I went on an all-women's retreat uh, about three weeks ago. And it was focusing on captivating. It's a book by John and Stassi Eldridge, where we would listen to like a message, we would talk. And then within every message, we would have a lot of quiet time to go out in nature, to pray, to journal, to meditate, like whatever was coming up for you. And it was four days of being completely unplugged from email, from social media, from all that. You know, and I tell people all the time, I spend at least 25% of my day focused on growth.
0: See, that's a big component. I could tell a lot of people leave out it in the day. They're one, either reviewing from the past and focused in on the task ahead, what they're supposed to do, but then they leave out growth. And with what you were saying, I feel like. The moment you tell yourself you can't do something, you put that limitation on yourself. You have the ability to execute and do anything. As long as you believe it, you can achieve it.
1: Absolutely. A thousand percent. You know, I ask myself all the time, like, how can I do this? Like, do I need to do it? Do I need to automate it? Do I need to find a partner? Do I need to delegate it? Like, how can I make this happen? Perfect example, like literally along the same topic. Actually, two. Warren Buffett is a great example. He reads over like 70 to 80% of his day. He's a billionaire, but he started that habit years ago. Years ago. That's one example that I look to for a lot of stuff. And then the second thing is one of my questions was like with my retreats and co living and different things I'm working on in travel. Like, how can I leverage this? How can I create this? How can I expand this? Answers started coming to me with co-living, with retreats. And literally, Amar, last week, I was looking at Travel Massive. That's another great travel community. And I found a post from a company, Ventura, that was listing a position for something. But me being curious, like the curious little Katrina that I am, was like, oh, this looks interesting. Let me go and see what this position is about. Let me go see what this company is about. And they set up entrepreneurs in partnership with their brand and they handle the marketing, the finance, the scaling, the HR, the interviews for you wow. with your travel brand. And they interview you and they have you like, I'm now in like step two or three of the interview process because you're literally a partner with them. And obviously your success is their success. They interview you, but in, in tandem with your results, they give you a guaranteed salary every year. Whoa. So it's scaling a component of your brand. Like uh, exactly. When I was sitting there, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Like this is more evidence of me being limitless and me having these kinds of opportunities that are literally coming to me, like literally like an avalanche or last week. I don't know if you've heard of, I can't think of their names right now. Oh my God, I should know their names. It's a couple, they're super, super cute and they've leveraged event space like crazy across the world. Oh,
0: I know who you're talking
1: about. Oh. I can't think of their names. It's like bothering me. Hold on, I'm gonna Google it real quick. It's, but anyway, you know what I'm talking yeah. about? Like they, They're leveraging event space like events um, in apartments, events for like media, events for like filming. And they literally like they've been on several different um, outlets like with, um, you know, it's I think it's called Income Space, if I'm remembering it correctly. Hold on. I think it's Income Space. And so literally, like I was listening to their webinar this past weekend and I have access to a lot of event space. Yep. Here it is. Together they run. Yep. Here they are. It's Income Space. Let me see their names. And so I immediately listed like this past weekend. I was like, oh, let me list this, you know, this event space that I have access to on this and this and this site. And let me offer that I can also, you know, engage with wellness, uh, marketing, media and business travel solutions. Here they are. It's um, they were on Sweet Digs, And what are their names? Because I haven't like I haven't listened to them since Saturday. Uh, Brett and Ashley Nobles. There we go.
0: So then, you you listed
1: the spaces. I listed my event space like on several different platforms already, especially oh. in Atlanta because Atlanta is like one people are looking for you know places to film media um, as far as like lounge space that I have access to, but also Atlanta is doing a lot of things in film. Like the complex I live in, they ended up filming a movie here like six months ago.
0: Oh well, wow. which movie was?
1: I don't know. It was some oh. zombie movie. Oh, like. Okay. A, Like, they didn't tell us the name or the title, but it was like some zombie movie and they closed off like two of our streets for, I think at least like three, four days. And it was like, you know, just cars, like in the middle of the thing, like when I looked down from the balcony, but anyway, so like when I was listening to their stuff, I'm like, oh, I could list here, I could list there and that could lead to other things.
0: So yeah, no, with, with what you said, it's little things like that, that you don't really pay attention to, but like if you're tuned in, you'll catch it. And then you can see how you can utilize it and grow from that. And I've noticed that with, within myself, just like when I was doing real estate mostly, now I'm in my consultancy state and just different stages. And it goes back to, with what you were saying, that even if you change or make pivots to other occupants, it's not like you're ever leaving them because whatever you learn is only gonna, you're gonna take it with you. So when I was going into your intro and um, we touched in on fraud guru. So my next question was like, what was that stage of your life like and, what caused you to go towards that direction?
1: Yes, so, so hilarious. So actually, let me point something out when you were saying that, because it just reminded me of something. When you were talking about the signals, somebody I came across recently, Ariane Simone, she's an international speaker, best-selling author. She has a book called The Fearless Money Mindset. And literally a couple of hours before our call, I was listening to her on The Woman Thou Are Loosed uh, upcoming conference. And she talked about exactly that paying attention to the signals because so many times people get so focused and they, and and blinders are great, but you've got to stop and pay attention to the signals. So to your point with the finance, that's not done either. Like as far as for me, like there's more coming. So how that happened is I was actually working at an oil and gas company at the time. And I started seeing, because I was already a CPA at the time and I was already a certified fraud examiner. And I started seeing where the controls that were in place, like the accounting controls, the operational controls, that's also like one of my, I guess you could say intuitive gifts that I was like, oh, wait, like there's so much opportunity here for fraud. So I started designing different tests around operations, around audit, and sure enough, started finding fraud. Like in the first year, found like over $3 million. And the very first case that I ended up colliding into was a basically a labor fraud with contractors out in Florida. And basically, it was super simple. Like I ended up realizing like, wait a minute, the margin is super low. Um, there's no explanation for it. Let me check what's happening with the subcontractors and their bills versus what's being posted to accounts receivable. Because likely there's a disconnect. And sure enough, immediately when I started looking at it, I would see where it was all these bills that this contractor was here, but it was never posted to the customer. So when we started digging in, it turned out that people were listing people and contractors that used to be there and they were all colluding with this subcontractor and they didn't have any controls in play. And none of the managers ever thought to say, oh, let's not pay these subcontractor bills until we make sure that we bill the customer for these charges that we're incurring to make sure that we protect our bottom line. So that case ended up being several hundred thousand dollars. And so immediately like the company had reached out to one of the big four accounting firms, really more like a, Like a co-partner because since it was like my first big case they just wanted to make sure like hey let's just you know hire them for like a week or two and make sure you're super on point I was like absolutely because you know I'm all for learning so that case ended up going to court and ended up being worked with later I had cases with data analytics and analyzing data like using a lot of technology so the same way I use technology now so keep in mind exactly what we've been talking about The same way that back then I was using data analytics for fraud, for operations, for inefficiencies and tying out data. Not exactly the same, because of course it's different, but very similar strategies, very similar approach, very similar things are what I'm doing now, like with marketing, like very similar. And to your point, what I realized was like, okay, those are gifts, talents and abilities that people need with small business, with finance, with big business, with corporate. So it's on my radar in 2021 and beyond to create more guides and money. And in my mastermind and in our courses, like I cover things in money and different things too. But to your point, I noticed that like CPA societies and other societies with audit and fraud don't approach things the same way. So that's still on my radar. Cause again, I don't believe in wasting your gifts, talents and abilities especially when people are coming to you with questions. And I still get things, you know, from AICPA or with fraud or different things, but it's also in knowing when it's the time to do something. Like my focus is here now. And it's like, okay, I can't do this now, but it's still on my radar. It's still on my list. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And the the reason why it came up in my head and like just with what you were saying, Uh, one of my friends, they had a restaurant and, you know, they had um, taken a big hit with what was been going on recently. And, you know, he applied for a loan and things like that. And then he's like, you know, I think I'm going to get a car. And I was like, no, you can't do that. That's the opposite of what you should do. You should use that and see the way you should spend that so later on in the line you don't get in trouble and then he listened to me and then he's like later in he's like thank you bro I I appreciate you saying that because like I just was reviewing and stuff and I was uh, like you're only supposed to use it in a certain way I was like yeah I told you you can't do that so you know you you always have to be um, rational and I think it's also, like you said, you have these certain gifts and you even in your personal life, you could just be u- using them and like you'll be delegating stuff that you won't even really know. And like with growth, now my next question is, have you already kind of started making a plan or uh, how you're going to grow as in 2021?
1: Absolutely, and actually let me go back to something you said Amara, because a couple things is what I've learned is sometimes rationale goes out the window because in the middle of COVID, in the middle of so many different things unknown, like a lot of people are hit with like many things they never imagined. And like a lot of times you'll do things you wouldn't do because you're simply trying to survive. You know what I mean? And people are dealing with so many different mental things as well but it's good that you were able to help him. But what I've also learned is like, don't judge yourself and don't judge others. Like no one has walked, like no one, but me has walked in my shoes. No one, but you has walked in your shoes. And the more, you know, of like people's story, I think we all can use more humility, more grace, more love, more compassion, you know, especially as we've seen this year in so many different ways, you know, across our nation, you know, the unrest, the things that have come to light that have gone on, you know, for hundreds of years, like so many different things. And and like along those lines, especially like in the restaurant industry and other industries, you know, I challenge people all the time. And this is why I started with an online business, you know, years ago and started building it was, think outside the box. Like, yes, you have a restaurant, yes, you have less, but you could be doing recipes online. You could be showcasing recipes online. You could be creating a course with recipes. You could be, you know, doing a premier dinner virtually. Like, there's so many things you could do. But again, like, a lot of it goes to fear. So anyway, I wanted to add that. Go back to your question. Sorry, just so they, they're, they're aligned with us. Yeah,
0: no, just because you said that, I actually even offered that to him. You know, I was like, I'll, I'll, the reason I feel like, because he was trying to sell his business and I was like, first, you didn't hire me as your realtor. That's probably why. That was. I was like, you have a restaurant and there's no brand. Like, you don't know, like no one knows who Endy's is. Like, you need to go on social media. You need to have a presence because that's a thing in the generation we're in right now, is social media presence. I was like, I'll do all that for you. And then he was all like, okay, sounds good, sounds good. But then he wanted to just go back with what felt comfortable. And, uh, but just in that one hour, I was just in different food groups. I was like, hey, have you guys ate it? And their food's really good. He's like, no, thanks for telling me. And then just in that hour, you could see how much growth potential there was. So I think that's really important. Like, you know, right when you feel like everything's coming down and there's no hope, that's when you're supposed to think on your feet and then think outside of the box. So- No,
1: absolutely. So to your, did you want to add anything else yeah, yeah, to yeah.
0: that? No, no, just uh, to go back was, um, have you already started in strategizing for 21?
1: Absolutely. So to your point, I think like to just to transition to that, you know, I think so many times people get comfortable and like timing and wisdom and abundance is so key. Like, especially when it's hard, like, don't think like for you, for everyone listening, like don't think in any way, shape or form is my life. Perfect. Is it easy? Is the business easy? Like, it's not like it's getting there, but it's taken a lot of blood, sweat and tears And I think the first thing I want to say is that it is the most important when it is the hardest to pour into yourself more than ever and to take the most aligned action because you're planting seeds for the future. Like, yes, some things may suck now, but there's two things. Either you can stay in depression or anxiety and, you know, not do anything, or you can pour love into yourself in different ways. And take action even when and especially when it sucks but to your point absolutely i have so funny thing i also was updating my business plan right before we were talking um because with that recent like travel opportunity like that's one of the things they're asking for so i was like okay well let me go back and update it but to your point like for 20 i actually have a five-year forecast so i i have a five-year forecast you know from like prioritizing you know things from brands into influencer management into then online courses then into the live events and the travel and you know a lot of that prioritization has come about with 2021 2020 because obviously a lot of things changed for me as they did for you know other people that I realized okay where do i need to spend the most time so i make the biggest impact now and or in the future then where do i need to spend the second most time you know planting seeds And keeping in mind, like, sometimes, like, you know this, you'll plant seeds and sometimes you get a result right away. But sometimes, you know, you get, you know, a meeting, then something happens or sometimes something happens six months later or a year later, like you never know until you know, kind of thing, but you're putting it out there in faith, right? That it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, you know, now or like exactly when it's meant to happen. And so I have figures, I have figures for the numbers, like meaning like with brands, you know, I'm working on engagements for wellness, for media, for business and travel and planting those seeds. Because if, you know, people don't know, like a lot of budgets come out for corporations and brands and sponsorships now, like October, November, December is when board of directors, CEOs, C-suites are putting together budgets. And if you think about it, if you get one, you know, one corporate consulting gig, that's, you know, a whole year that'll usually change someone's entire business, like from one thing. So I've been increasing there and I'm also part of like three different mastermind groups where, you know, I add in accountability. So that came out of, you know, a lot of that. Then I've got goals, like I said, on the online components. So I'm thinking like, okay, how can I leverage this? How can I partner? What I was mentioning with, you know, some of the wellness communities, I connected with Oxygen yesterday. I you know, connected with the travel communities I just mentioned. And then I'm, you know, literally I did earlier, I did the, um, the travel interview. It was a virtual, like a video submission interview. And I knew, and that's where it took me back to the business plan. Cause I said, okay, they said step three or four is I've got to submit financials and my estimates for 2021, 2022. And then how I'm, you know, getting to those numbers, what are my assumptions? And then what salary am I then requesting? And, you know, out of that potential partnership with them, right? And so immediately my brain went to, you know, again, because you've got to have the goal, but then you've got to back it up. Here's the goal on brand engagements, but okay, how many like I, I started realizing, you know, the last several months, okay, I need to submit a minimum of seven proposals every week. Because if you're not, if you haven't been that focused and that consistent yet on your high priority items, you don't know yet what your close rate is going to be. And you don't know how quickly, you know, people are going to reach out to you, et cetera. And the same thing with like influencer management was also born out of the pandemic, where I'm helping influencers accelerate and monetize their collaborations and also prioritize them. You know, and some people just want to do like profit sharing for, you know, collabs they get placed on. Some people want an active influencer manager, you know, with contracts with negotiations and prioritizing, you know, so planting those seeds, you know, setting up the platform, planting the seeds, you know, I'm already having meetings and then now it's okay. What's the close percentage ratio? You know what I mean? Yeah. And to your point, the online courses, it's like, okay, here's the number. Here's how many I think are going to come from the brands here's how many I think are going to come from influencers. But again, you don't know the exact number until you start having the numbers, whether it's Q4 this year, Q1 next year. But I have estimates for 2021. And then also with the retreats and the co-living, it was like, okay, this is what I think is going to hit. This is what I, you know, this is where we're marketing because you back it up. Here's the goal. Like, where am I going to list it? How am I going to market it? Like, what actions am I going to take What am I going to automate? What am I going to delegate? And then, if you're not hitting things, it's asking, okay, what's working really well? What's not working really well? And it's looking at it, you know, objectively and like, not, oh my God, I suck. No, you're great. I'm great. Everyone listening is great. But guess what? You get to learn a new skill and you get to improve in the skill of marketing. In the skill of online business, in the skill of closing, like whatever it is. Like, if you would have told me, Amar, 10 years ago, I'd have been on shows talking like this. I would have told you you're batshit crazy. (laughs) Like, I was the CPA that sat in a black suit, worked around all white men, and was super private about things, you know, like work versus personal life. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm the same all the time but I wasn't like that seven to 10 years ago. And so that was a process. Like everything is a process. Like I equate everything to butterflies. Like butterflies are my spirit animal.
0: That's awesome. Uh, and uh, good choice in spirit animal and with um, who you are because I think it's a perfect reflection.
1: Thank you. They follow me everywhere. Like I've literally had a blue butterfly like on my finger like within the last year. When I was on that retreat, I had like, literally like seven or eight of them around me at one time. No, I love them, thank you.
0: So just to like get towards the wrap up, there's still a few more questions uh, um, just dabbling in my mind. Um, As you were coming into marketing and more online strategizing, um, were there in aspects where you noticed that you use certain platforms to shoot out your brands or things you were doing or not use certain ones or depending who your target market was, did you use some more than others? And through the ones you used, were there some that you just preferred other than the the other ones?
1: Absolutely. Great question. And I'm going to answer it. And then you tell me if you have follow-up questions. Um, So I've done tons of websites for years. That's another whole skill set. That's a whole nother story. Like since college, like back in HTML flash days, Mm -hmm. Um, I've used Wix for years. So I created my site on Wix. And then, like I said, I started leveraging Kajabi. Then from a social platform, for years, like LinkedIn was the only platform I used, and obviously LinkedIn is great because it's B two B, it's higher demographic, etc. So I made it a point to still keep building LinkedIn, and that's definitely paid off. Like even including like a link to, you know, a request for like consulting. My network's grown to like over two thousand. It's also very strategic, meaning I have I my virtual assistants. Are you okay?
0: Yeah, that's oh.
1: <laughs> My virtual assistants, I had them reach out and give me an entire list of the HR and the marketing contacts for all the Fortune 500 companies. So I've gotten that, and you know, literally just connected. Sometimes sent notes, sometimes didn't. If it was a company I had a connection with, then. Same thing for travel bureaus. So it's very, very strategic because I already had that platform. Facebook, I mentioned earlier how it blew up, especially like in 2014 and 2015 for me. But then I noticed it started to shift for me and for everyone. Like I think they became more ad focused. They started hiding different things. And so that changed. Instagram also grew exponentially for me. And then along those lines, I also, you know, started expanding there and with influencer marketing platforms, but I also found that Facebook groups are really good. So I didn't discount, even though one aspect of Facebook wasn't working so well for me anymore. I was like, how, where is it working? And the groups have led to a lot of crazy results. And then Pinterest, so like from a priority, I started with LinkedIn, then it was like Facebook then i started growing on instagram then i started leveraging and recognizing the power like through melissa griffin and jenna kutcher rachel hollis the power of pinterest so i started dabbling in pinterest but really until this year and also through vas and their videos and their stories and it also goes back to timing did i cross over the 100k 200k 300k mark so like and what i've learned is And another thing is, is what I've learned is the power of being across platforms, but recognizing where your focus is and how eventually it starts to avalanche and using tools like If This Then That or Hootsuite or other tools to automate makes a huge difference, like in timing perspective. And then recently I realized I was like, you know what, let me redirect the strategy to focus more on YouTube more on tying those you know videos into instagram and into pinterest because youtube is like pinterest in the sense of it's an evergreen platform and people spend so much time
0: yeah, no that uh, i like how you said like it says i'm always using if and then or who's sweet and just trying to find ways to better utilize my time so I'm not spending so much time just on posts. and like I literally will spend like say Sunday and just create a whole bunch of stuff that's ready and you know it's like uh, Gary V says you know you got to try to put like 60 pieces of content a day and then, then people sit there trying to, I'm like, he, he has a whole team doing this first. So like, don't sit there and try to spend your time doing this because it, it can be better used.
1: Well, to your point, that's an excellent point. Yeah, he puts like 300 pieces or plus out because to your point, like Canva is using, that's another tool I use all the time. Then I date to um, either okrelax.com okay, Ivor because then it's hey, here's my template. Okay, VA, I already gave you a template. Like go and create all this stuff for, you know, Instagram, for Twitter, for Pinterest, whatever. Then you go post it. Because the return on investment on me, if you want to get to 100, 200, $1,000, 10,000, whatever your hourly rate you want to do, it's like, I look at like, okay, how much is this generating me? Then it's like, no, that's not a valuable use of my time. And then I always look at, If I'm doing these proposals, if I'm doing this, if I'm doing this outreach on LinkedIn, how can I scale that? Like what's my next with either a system, you know, a person and or interns.
0: Yeah, and it's it's funny how you even said um, outreach on LinkedIn because that's how I even took my podcast. Like uh, they were saying to message them on a platform, And I I just was like, no, I'm going to go through LinkedIn. And then it it worked. Well, you
1: connected with me. You connected with me on LinkedIn. But if you would have sent me a DM on Instagram, I probably never would have seen it.
0: Yeah, because the way their analytics are. So I, I, I understood that. And I see how they're always changing their algorithms. And then there's certain things and you have to keep up with it and that's where you like it's important where you're kind of dabbling in each platform but then you know which ones are the strong focal points
1: yeah and to your point you know where and how to automate and delegate so it's not consuming your time because if you're not if you're spending the whole day on instagram or the whole day on linkedin or the whole day on pinterest but it's not generating you anything in views and our growth and our money then it's like, okay, it's time to reevaluate, like not to abandon it, but like how much time are you spending on the platform?
0: And then see how you can change from that.
1: So- Absolutely. Cause it's like, like really okay on Instagram, it takes it takes literally a minute to post something. Like once you're clear on the intention, what you're posting, engage with a couple people and get off. Like I literally, I just shared this on my last episode. I had a surprise. I had over 8,000 followers on Instagram and I had a surprise that my account got shut down like a month ago. Like out of nowhere, I don't know if it's a glitch. I don't know what happened. And I discovered in some Facebook groups recently, I'm not the only one. And anyway, I had to start from scratch and I was like, okay, cool. I'm not going to let this take over me. I'm not going to let like this steal my joy or take power from me. Maybe I'll get my account back. Maybe I won't. But in the meantime, I'm continuing on. You know, I'll post, I engage with a few people, I get off. And I'm like, however it grows, it grows. But it highlighted for me even more. Like, okay, keep growing the Pinterest. Keep growing, you know, the podcast. Keep growing this, that, the other.
0: So did you ever find out why they just- It's still
1: in process. No, because Instagram won't tell you. They literally just say like, and I can tell you like all my posts, like you can look at my Instagram now. Like all of them are- you know, super positive. They're always about wellness, faith, business, or travel. I don't follow, unfollow. I don't use a bot. I don't like post any inappropriate comments on people's page, like I'm not a hater. Um, I constantly shop people out in stories, you know, like, you know, if I'm doing a collaboration or this, that, the other. And literally like just to like some, it was on my first post on my new account at Katrina Julia fit Two, And literally like in summary, I got some weird notification to change my password from Instagram, which I did. Then I went on my four day sabbatical. Like that's when I was on that retreat. Then I came back and I got a notification to like enter in a code that they gave me to make sure it was me. And I did that. And they said my account was going to be up in less than 24 hours. And then I got a notification that my account was being disabled due to violation of privacy and terms. And I'm like like WTF, like I didn't share anything that is a bullying or anything that's like negative, like at all. And so I think it's a glitch. Cause again, like I said, I know a couple of people that it's happened to. And then I was like, I sent in, you know the dispute form three times. I sent in my proof of domain that I have a legit business that I'm not just using Instagram for play and for giggles. And then in the meantime, Facebook has responded like three, four times with like canned responses to where it looks like no one's reading anything. And you know, so I was like, okay, well, let me share this as part of my blog and my show on a recent collab that I did with the influencer company. And then let me do a dedicated episode to this on how my surprise shut down and starting over and how it can happen to you because people need to know. Like I always preach, don't just be a slave to one platform. You don't own the platform. You don't own it. Get people to engage with you off the platform. Like what you're doing with the show or on a blog or in your courses, like pull people into your community.
0: Yeah, like that, that, that's important. Yeah, I like that you, know, you even said that, Like, even though you may be on it, all these different platforms, try to drive them back to your site or whatever it is and try to bring that as the main point. And
1: always my main point, always. Like, hey, you wanna engage with me? come over here to the show, to the blog, to the freebies, get on our mailing list, always. Because I know whether it's, I always had them in the back of my mind because I saw it happen with MySpace. I knew like, you know, whether it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Pinterest, Twitter, all of them, they can shut your account down without any explanation. And are you really gonna go get an attorney and try to fight it? And I mean, and you know, what's funny, I actually met a girl at the park that her sister works for Facebook. And she was like, I was talking to her and she was like, I can't promise you anything, but maybe she can help. This was like last week. I was like, hey, if she can help, great. Like, you know, tell her to try. If not, like I totally get it. Cause I don't know like what position she's in and you know, what influence she has and like what's going on in their systems. Like, I have no idea. I was like, in the meantime, I started my account all over, you know?
0: That's all you can do, right? It's either that or just let it defeat you, so to say, and just don't use it again. No,
1: I see the value in it. And obviously, like I wrote a book on, you know, influencer marketing like a boss. And that's one of the biggest ways we drive community, like on several platforms, like I've got over 300 million in reach now, like with influencer marketing platforms. So I knew like, okay, I'm going to get back on and whatever time it takes me to rebuild it, like my personal, that's fine. The brand one on there has like 900 because I don't, again, I don't spend a lot of time on there, you know, and it goes back to, like, I tell people all the time, it's not necessarily the number of followers because I've seen many people get five, six, you know, plus figure deals with less than 3000 followers.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's what
1: package you bring to the table as a professional, as an entrepreneur, you know, what value you have on several platforms and in several ways, you know? And of course, like if you've got a million or or if you've got, you know, 10K, 20K, 50K, 100K, like I was literally right there, you know, it creates different potential opportunities, but you know, it's one of those things where it's like, hey, it'll happen. It just isn't gonna look necessarily how I thought.
0: (laughs) And it just takes time with everything. So as we wind up, you know, I always ask the guests, maybe it may be something they read or maybe from the retreat, but a quote that's kind of been resonating with you more recently, or that's been just coming up like over and over to end on that and just touch on that quote for a little.
1: One that keeps coming to me all the time lately is we have the power to create wealth and that's through actually Deuteronomy eight eighteen. that interestingly enough not a lot of pastors preachers people talk about the abundant side of things you know as far as like I'm not saying at all like oh everything's guaranteed because it does take faith and work but that focus of we have the power to create wealth. Like you talked about your friend with the restaurant and so many different things.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. You said that because we have the power to create wealth, but it comes with faith and they're two wings of a bird and you can't have one without the other. And it's a balance of the two to get there.
1: Thousand percent, because sometimes it's a matter of you know, taking action, 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 but then sometimes it's key to pause, to reflect. And then, you know, like you said, it's a balance.
0: So with that, uh, I wanted to say thank you and thank you for your time. And, you know, maybe on another season, you could come back on and we could touch base, but um, good luck. And I hope that everything you're trying to do only comes back 50 fold in what you were expecting. And uh, I I will just be in touch as well. And uh, yeah.
1: (laughs) Absolutely, thank you so much Amar. And actually on that note, another quote that keeps coming to me, it's in Matthew that you plant on great soil and you end up reaping a harvest that's 30, 60, 100 fold. So that's another thing that keeps coming to me and you just confirmed it. So thank you, I received that. And then also if you want to be on our creator snapshots, like whenever you send me an email,
0: yeah.
1: um, you can go down, like you probably got me auto responders or you can go directly to the collaborations page under experiences and there's media, there's different things on there for you to be a feature, like whether it's a snapshot, sharing your story on the blog and the show. And there's several other opportunities too.
0: Oh, that'd be, oh, that'd be awesome. awesome. I'm going to do that right now.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely check it out.
0: Okay. Thank you. Have a good day.
1: Thanks, you too. Thank you so much for this opportunity.
0: No, thank you for this opportunity. <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye.